0: This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. He has time, launches it to the end zone.
1: Touchdown, Terrence Williams. It goes
0: to the right side for Crabtree, it's caught. Oh he oh, he's going, oh, Red, 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 Red. he's the Raider. He's got to go, he's tackled, Sam Houston wins it. The Bearcats capture the hello and welcome to the republic of football show that will not transfer after UTEP beats it shout out hank nice. bachmeyer from boise state Probably, he probably transferred because the offensive coordinator got fired, but i like to imagine that it was because of UTEP, you know, but anyway, I'm your host, Ishmael Johnson, the assistant managing editor here at Texas Football, managing editor of Texas Basketball. Sitting next to me is our college football insider, Mike Craven. Mike, what's up, man? I can't believe
2: it's almost October. Like, we're in week five of the college football season. It, it feels like I've... I've I feel like the college football season is like going to an amusement park yeah. where you like wait in line for three hours for like 10 minutes of action. And that's kind of what it feels like. It's like seven, eight months of ramp up, and that's then a, all of a sudden it's week five. So that's, a, that's, a that's cool where I'm at right it. now.
0: That's a great way to put it. Uh, sitting over there, making sure you can see, here everything perfectly, is our producer, everyone's favorite Malpal. Mallory, how are you?
1: Good. Good to see you guys. If you're nice. I'll show you if you're nice. Oh. Right. I'll I'll let, I'll let you talk if you're not. Nice. I was about to
0: say, like, you're just going to keep the camera on you as, as I'm talking. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> we'll
1: shut your mic off. And I'll be like, okay, so this is what Ish is saying. Right, just right. Just completely <laughs> flip the story here.
0: Like. Just dictate <laughs> what I'm saying to everybody else. Literally. On today's show, got a couple headlines. You know, unfortunately, is a lot of bad news, not really some good news. Um, we got some injuries and, of course, a, a game that was moved to sunday we're gonna have some sunday college football so for those of you that don't like the nfl there you go you're gonna have a little dosage of that uh i'll start off with that actually because it is the more timely news smu ucf is moved to sunday because of hurricane concerns out at ucf of course hurricane ian is out there and is expected to make landfall uh sad this weekend just now say that, uh, now right yeah. now okay um, like i said that's you know uh, being in Texas, we don't have to worry about that unless it hits the Gulf. So, you know, that's something we I haven't exactly paid the closest attention to. But fortunately for UCF and SMU, their people do pay attention to that. So they have moved it to 2:30 uh, p.m. or sorry, 1 p.m. on Sunday from 2:30 on Saturday. So, uh, and also some behind the scenes there. Our recap will be up Sunday regular time, and be sure to look at the website for Craven's recap. He'll give his thoughts on the game. We're not, I know. Trust us. We know that Sunday is NFL time. We're not going to hold a podcast till five six o'clock when you're already having you know fully consumed to NFL Sunday and waiting for Sunday night. We're just going to you know we'll talk about the game probably next Wednesday a little bit if we want to. And but it's also a chance for you to go check Craven's written thoughts on it. So we'll have a regular podcast recapping the rest of the games Saturday uh, up Sunday. Un- uh, some more unfortunate news. Uh, two guys. Pretty key to their teams now out for the year. Uh, we'll start with one for Texas A&M. Aniah Smith, um, Smith, this one looked bad in the moment, and it turns out he is actually out for the year now. So A&M loses their most reliable target, at least on the outside, or I guess on the inside, uh, for slot receiving. Yeah, Craven, um, A&M's offense seemed like a two-person show, and now one of them's out. So what happens to the Aggie offense now?
2: Can they make the whole plan out of Devon A-chain? You know, that's, that's basically their only goal right now. Uh, it's tough. You know, they were already struggling passing the ball. They've really struggled to pass the ball outside. Everything's kind of been to slot receivers, tight ends, running backs out of the backfield. You take away Anaya Smith. Now that puts a lot more pressure on the young wide receivers there, like Evan Stewart, Chris Marshall, to really step up and become number one guys. Mm-hmm. I do feel like it's going to be Devon A. Chain against the world for sure. Texas A&M. They're only averaging fifty-three plays a game. They've only been in the red zone six times in four games. They've already been struggling on the offense with a nice smith. You take away their best weapon and it figures to be even harder.
0: Yep, another guy out for the year. And unfortunately, it's another heavy hitter, too. Like injuries are never great, but it's also it's also more significant when he's the leading tackler and one of your best defenders. Derek Parrish for Houston, out for the year as well. Um, Houston already struggling this year. He was a, a first-year team captain this year and Man, he had five sacks, eight and a half tackles for loss, and I believe he got injured in the second quarter against Rice. I mean, Craven, this is a team that needs consist- That needs to find consistency, and he's somebody who you would have looked to <laughs> to give you that and to maybe elevate his game a little bit to help everybody else on the defense that's been struggling to really balance out. I mean, what's his loss mean? Because now Houston's – again, their defense has not been what we expected this year.
2: I think it's a huge loss for this team. We – Houston goes as that defense goes. We yeah. talk about Clayton Toon a lot, Nathaniel Dell a lot, but even last year that defense was responsible for a lot in a lot of ways for that 11-game winning streak to close out the regular season. Derek Parrish was their best defensive player, mm-hmm. bar none. Um, Anybody who watched that week two loss to Texas Tech knows how valuable he is. He had 11 tackles, four and a half sacks, and six and a half tackles for loss in that one game, Mm. which is still one of the craziest stat lines I've ever seen in college football. So uh, a huge loss for them. They've been really bad on third down. yeah. And so to lose your best pass rusher and a guy who's so good against the run and the pass can only hurt them even more going into the AAC play. The game on Friday night against Tulane is... Super important for this Houston program.
0: What surprises me, or what what kind of makes these injuries even more intriguing, is they're with pro. It, it didn't happen to to Tech or TCU, right? To programs that are kind of on the upswing, right? There are programs that are either on the downswing or like at a very at a hinge point of their season, right? And so now and it happens to be on the sides of the ball that we're confused or really kind of have most questions about, right? A&M's offense and Houston's defense, and it's almost like a this is going to be kind of – I mean, we mentioned Jimbo Fisher's coaching job, right? his program-building ability. We're kind of having to see that even more now because he take away one of his, his second-best weapon on offense. And then for Doug Belk, somebody who we still think is one of the best young coordinators in the game, now you take away his best player, and it's like, okay, we'll get this defense playing right. Now you're going to the most pivotal part of the season without your best player. So I, I just find it interesting that – like. You know, the, which teams it happened to and which sides of the ball it happened to, right? It wasn't like AM losing a uh, safety out of their top elite secondary, and it wasn't like Houston losing a running back or something out of a pretty okay backfield. It's just, yeah, I don't know. I just found that pretty interesting, too. It's like
2: in baseball when you don't want the ball hit to you, it's being hit to you. <laughs> right, exactly. Yes. And that's exactly how this feels like.
0: Yep, in literally where you're over there in left field and it's yeah. like, oh, please no, no, please, no, please, no. no, no, please no, no. no. Yeah, no. please, no. So, um, yeah, the, unfortunately, those are the only headlines we got this week. We're going to get right into our games. Uh, but before we do, of course, we have a special message from our sponsor, at Athletes to Athletes. Every high school athlete wants to play on the big stage. Every parent wants their child to be the best, but is making your target list of schools based on top 25 rankings really the best strategy? What about academics, location, coaching style, financial aid? There are many factors that should be considered when selecting a college program outside of on-field performance. Our friends at Athletes to Athletes have put together a recruiting guide centered around providing a broader, more holistic perspective about what your college experience could be. Complete with checklists, do's and don'ts, key strategies, and much more, this 22-page guide covers everything you and your family should know as you walk through your college recruiting journey. For a limited time, Athletes to Athletes is offering this guide to, for free to our audience. Just go to athletestoathletes.com forward slash Dave Campbell today to download the free college recruiting guide. That's athletes, T-O-athletes.com forward slash Dave Campbell. Okay, we have games this week because the season's still on. So I don't, I don't know. I, I was trying to go for a transition there. It didn't work. So uh, we picked our games of the week. Mallory Hartley, I'm passing the ball to you. Where are we starting first?
1: Before we get started, mm-hmm. I have struggled so much with keeping up with what week this is of college football because we're in week six of yep. Texas high school football. Yes. We're in week five of college football and we're in week four, four of NFL. NFL. Yeah. See, that's so job. It's I had not to, my job to remember. That, I know. So. <laughs> well, it's my job too, because I have to make the lower thirds for this show <laughs> True, specifically. And I have to, you know, make the, the articles and stuff, but I was just it's, one. I know, but it's just hard. You know, it takes a lot of brain power. Listen, but that's you job. Let's, I just, let's I just, go ahead.
0: And <laughs> I just talk. I don't got do to.
1: <laughs> let's go ahead and start off with. I don't know what
0: episode this is. Remember, you used to get mad at me. because
1: 225. I uh, anyways. See, didn't know so, that. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's go ahead and start off with our top matchups of the uh, week five of the college football season. Starting off with Cravens. Baylor taking on Oklahoma State at home this Saturday at 2.30 p.m. You can watch it on Fox. Baylor favored by two-and-a-half, over-under set at 55.
2: This feels like a Big 12 title eliminator game early in the year. (laughs) One of these teams figures to be in Dallas to play against another team in the Big 12 championship game. This is a rematch of the 2021 Big 12 championship game. Mm -hmm. What I find interesting here is Oklahoma State hadn't played a conference game yet because they are off last right. week and if you look at their schedule, you know, they've yet to be tested. They've they beaten Central Michigan, Arizona State who's already had their coach fired, and Arkansas Pine Bluff. So we don't know much about Oklahoma State. All we know is Spencer Sanders can be good. But Spencer Sanders can also be bad. bad. Right. And so which one are we gonna get from that? I, I think if Baylor's defense can turn him over a few times, Baylor Baylor wins this game. But if we get the really good Spencer Sanders that shows up every now and then, I'm not sure if Baylor can score enough points to keep up with that Oklahoma State offense if it's churning at full speed.
1: I feel like at this point, you just flip a coin with Spencer Sanders. You know, like (laughs) one week he does really well, and you expect him to come out firing on all cylinders the next week. But he could – Throw four picks. Well, and it doesn't always just
2: go week to week. Sometimes it's drive by drive or quarter exactly. by quarter or exactly. half by half. He's just always kind of been a Jekyll and Hyde quarterback, and that's kind of kept Oklahoma State back over the last couple of years right. because he offers them so much upside, you can't bench him. Sure. Yeah. But he does lose you a couple games. Right. And will Baylor be able to take advantage of that this week? We'll find out on Saturday.
0: Yeah. I think you look at, I mean, to your credit, that bye week's really. Odd because you play Central Michigan, which I mean, that was a lot of garbage time points. I think Michigan, Central Michigan scored like three touchdowns in the yeah. fourth quarter. So, like, sure, you don't want to count that close score as anything. Um, but then you look at an Arizona State team that fired their coach, and then you have an FCS team, right, in Pine Bluff. So it's like, haven't been uh, tested. Who exactly? Who have they been tested against? I think Central Michigan's, they don't have a win against the FCS, FBS. But yeah, they beat Bucknell 41 yeah. nothing. So that's their yeah. only win. So I have no idea if. You know, Spencer Sanders, his numbers have looked good. And the mm-hmm. criticism of him has been even against competition he should dominate, he hasn't. So the fact that he has he turned a new leaf, I don't know. But he's he's beating competition and he's looking good and he's staying clean against competition he should have done. Yeah. But what happens now against this Baylor defense? Uh, what what Blake Shapen do we get, right? Do we get the assertive Blake Shapen that we saw last week where you're like, ah, that's why they sent Gary Bahannon packing, right? Mm-hmm. That's why he was the guy that got the the nod late in the season. Or do we see the one against BYU? Against it. granted, this isn't the same Oklahoma State defense, right? Jim Knowles has gone to Ohio State, so that's all. That's all changed. But I'm I, I'm more curious to see about Blake Shapen and, and Spencer Sanders more than anything. This is going to be about the quarterbacks. This yep. is going to be who w- That's going to dictate who wins this one to me, in my opinion. Yep. Yep, so.
1: This is an This is an Oklahoma podcast this week because <laughs> we're going to be talking about the other Oklahoma team. issue's game of the week. Yes. TCU hosting Oklahoma this Saturday at 11 a.m. You can watch it on ABC. TCU not favored in this game. Oklahoma favored 6.5. The over-under is set at 67.5.
0: Speaking of awkward bye weeks, we talked about TCU before. <laughs> yeah. That week three bye. OK, we did not know what to expect heading into the go- uh, the iron skillet. Came out looking sharp last week. It Only helped. undefeated team in the state. Only undefeated team in the state. There you go. And when it comes to Oklahoma, we saw the blueprint to beat them last week, right? Adrian Martinez looked fantastic. I think Colin Klein called a great game offensively for them. That inside zone, they just absolutely got destroyed by Deuce Vaughn. I think that is the recipe. I think you have to run with Kendra Miller, with Max Duggan. I think we got to see a lot of the run game because I do, I think Oklahoma's been okay against the pass this year. Like they haven't been, they haven't, again, it's early. We'll see what's really, what really these teams are about basically in the next month or so. But I'm feeling confident that TCU can have an avenue to win this game on the ground. I think we've seen that that Garrett Riley can call a very effective run game, last week especially, um, and I think that's where Oklahoma can get got. Like, Kansas State, Adrian Martinez was able to throw the ball because Deuce Vaughn was just gashing them with that inside zone, and then once uh, late in the game, Adrian Martinez pulled it and, like, took down for, like, a 30-yard run down the left side late in the game, and I just, I just think that's the recipe right there. Yeah, this is going to be a pointy game. I, yes. I did the Craven
2: Betts segment earlier with the Texas football today, folks, and – This was one of my bets, the over here, just because I think both offenses are going to have a lot of success. Dylan Gabriel has been excellent. He's been fantastic. Just tremendous. Already 11 touchdown passes. I think over 1,000 yards passing through four games. So, Mm. Awesome there. The TCU secondary is weak. Mm-hmm. SMU had some success through the air last week. I, I feel like Oklahoma's going to score plenty of points. But on the flip side, this isn't yet the Brent Venerables defense right. that we feel like it's going to be. Sure, They're able mm-hmm. to get got. You know, Kansas State scored 40-plus points on them. TCU is as good offensively as Kansas State is. Mm-hmm. So Max Duggan's been excellent through three starts. He's going to continue to start even with Chandler Morris all the way back. It, it feels like it's going to be his until – if or when he messes up or plays a bad game, I think it's his job writing it out. This one, to me, is all about that running game. Yep. If they can continue to run the ball with success, they don't have to throw the ball 45 times a game, and Oklahoma is not good enough to stop both. If you can get one-dimensional, Oklahoma can probably pin their he- ears back and come up with some schematic things to make it tough on TCU. If Kendra Miller, that offense, can keep running the football, I'm not sure TCU can win. But I definitely think they can stay in this one, and I definitely feel like it's going to be a high-scoring game that kind of comes down to which quarterback commits a mistake. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think Oklahoma's as bad as SMU's run defense, right? I think SMU finished uh, after last week they're 107 EPA per rush uh, defensively. Oklahoma's not that much. They're 78th, right? So not awful. SMU was pretty bad, and last week's probably going to skew that a little bit. But Oklahoma also is not very good against the run. So I think I agree. Kendra Miller has to be kind of the guy, and then late – when Max Duggan starts pulling that read a little bit more, that's where I think that's gonna be um, that's where it's gonna be a big factor for me. But yeah, I pointsy, 100 percent I yep. don't see TCU being able to slow down this offense. We're
2: gonna find out if that TCU front is actually better this year. Mm-hmm. Sure. They played really well against SMU, but is that SMU, right? They're losing their center from last year. Their running back game's not the same without Ulysses Bentley. Oklahoma can run the football. Dylan Gabriel's been excellent. We'll see what that front seven looks like under Joe Gillespie's defense this week.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. All right let's round out our games of the week with my game of the week, which is Texas A&;m traveling to Mississippi state this Saturday uh, you can, at 3 p.m you can watch it on SEC network Mississippi state favored in this one by only three and a half the over under set at 45 and a half uh <laughs> that over
2: under so low like this i was the thinking the same
1: thing ever with a
0: mike leach team
1: <laughs> i was just thinking the same thing uh it's
0: basically how much do you think mike leach can hold right. like, can, can carry this <laughs> right this right
1: exactly you know uh offensively offensively we've already kind of talked about it they got to figure out how to play without their leading receiver and aniah smith maybe need to rely on devon a chain a little bit more um defensively i think this is a, gonna be a huge test just versus last week just because of how this Offensive team likes to roll with Mike Leach in the air raid. Um, I think that it's going to be pointy. I think there's going to be a lot of yards, especially on Mississippi State's side. Um, but you know, a lot of yards. Uh, I think also Texas A&M only ranking they actually rank sixth in the nation when it comes to red zone defense. So that's going to be the kind of key to this game. Is yeah, you can let up a lot of yards. You can let up. You know, you can ma- let them drive down the field a little bit. But it comes to those red zone stops. Mm-hmm for Texas A&M.
2: How few points does Texas A&M need to hold Mississippi State to, to give them a chance to win? Yeah. Like if, if Mississippi State scores 24 points, can A&M win this game? 24. Mm,
0: man. God.
2: Because if you only need 24 I... points for Mike Lee job, like write yeah. it down, like right. Mark it eight. Right. This one's over. Right. And I just don't know if A&M can keep getting away with how they're winning. Football. Well, here's, here's now do
0: we think is A&M better than LSE right now? No. They're not they had, as dangerous. Because they held Mississippi State to 16. Right. And that's kind of the barometer we got. Because the rest of them is Arizona, which can't stop anybody. Memphis, which, you know, okay, fine. It's power five versus G5. And then Bowling Green. Right. That's the, those are the only the, the only other yeah. metrics. So, like, the closest one is LSU. So, like, well, let me put it this way. Defensively, is a and better than LSU? Probably, yes. So, I'll give you, I think, I'm going to say 18. I really think 18 has to be the number they hold them to. Because yeah. I think if they hit, I struggle to think who scores for them. If, you know, if Devon A-Chain. That's what I was going to say. Can, can, the they put,
1: can they even put points up on the board?
2: They're going to need defensive touchdowns, special teams touchdowns yes. to win this football game. How, how much can you rely on those? Sure. You know, um, and so for me it's just hard to, to figure out how A&M comes up with enough points. Because that LSU game, LSU's defense to Mallory's point, was really good at forcing field goals, kind mm-hmm. of bend but don't break, gave up a decent amount mm-hmm. of yards, coming up mm-hmm. with some turnovers. You're going to need that. You're going to need yeah. another one of those defensive efforts. a is capable of that, but to bet on it three weeks in a row is hard to imagine in my book. Here's,
0: yeah. the, here's another thing that I'm just now seeing, and it's kind of a little stark. Um, obviously, we know the offense isn't that great. They haven't been put up in great situations either. Mississippi State is a team that gives up good field position. Their average, their, their defense more or less starts at the 30 every game problem is a and m does not typically they're one of they're 105th in average starting field position offensively Jeez. and then they're 93rd in early down epa success and then one 106th in third down fourth down success mississippi state is the team that can get got on early downs they give up a lot of yards uh, uh on first and second downs and m's just bad at getting the yards on first and second down right and so it sets up third and long all that stuff basically a lot of their, their chain plays, their their script plays, things like that just do not work. All of a sudden, third and 10, third and nine, I don't know, Evan Stewart, I guess. You know, somebody's throwing the ball to Evan Stewart. And by the way, speaking of him, he's somebody who's going to have just like out of necessity.
1: He's going to have to step
0: up. He's yeah. going to have to be the – they're going to have to throw it to him more, right? I don't want to yeah. say like he hasn't stepped up because against Arkansas, he looked really good when they threw him the ball. But like now they have to throw him the ball a lot more because they have no other player Right, there. He's going to be guy number one. Right, he's got to be guy number probably one, two, he's and three almost. Right, right. <laughs>
2: Donovan Green needs a big day out of the tight end position. True, true. Yeah, and he's been better the more. last couple of weeks. He's getting more and more opportunities. You're going to have to supplement those receptions. Not that they've been completing the ball left and right. I, mean, right. I think Max Johnson's averaging like 12 completions in two starts or mm-hmm. something. So Donovan Green, another true freshman. Yeah, you know, like they're gonna they're gonna need these young guys to step up sooner than they. Figured they would but this is why you go recruit a thousand five stars Sure, you know and so we're going to figure out how good that 2022 recruiting class really is yep. quickly yep
0: very much so
1: all right let's move on to our lightning round but now we're calling it the wide zone let's go I don't Love remember this. whose idea that was but nice. it was, it was Craven. a good it one was Craven. It was Craven. I think it was Craven, Craven. Yeah. yeah it was <laughs> well, that's why I said I don't know whose idea it was but Craven congratulations thank you you thank have you. <laughs> made up thank the you, new Mallory. segment title <laughs> up first let's Career go highlight for me <laughs> I'm going to clip this for you, <laughs> and I'll, I'll send it to you so you can have it. You can put send it on your it to resume. My mom. <laughs> you can You can trans- translate, transcript now. it or hey, whatever, mom, put it on your resume. I, <laughs> I could have I thought of a cool title. Anyways, <laughs> let's let's start off with the first game we have on this slate. Houston hosting Tulane this Friday at 6 p.m. You can watch it on ESPN. Houston only favored by 2.5. The over-under set at 54.5. <laughs>
2: this is going to sound crazy. Good. I feel like if Houston wins this the game, 9-3, and three, Eight and four, ten and two, still on the table. A trip to the American Conference Championship game, still right there in front of them.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think so. They I mean, lose this
2: game, six and six, won't shock me. It feels like a wills fall off if they're two and three, and just not off to a good start in the American. That's the only thing holding this ship together right now. Right, is the idea of we can put the first four games to bed. We can still go win an American Conference that is wide open. Mm-hmm. However, you lose at home on a Friday night to Tulane, it's not so wide open anymore, and so. Uh, This feels like a really important game for Houston, a really important game for the locker room. And after that Rice game, we saw Dana Holgerson do a Mike Leachian thing. Yeah. And that is send a message through the media. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Will his team respond to that? Because sometimes locker rooms do. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they go into a shell and they don't. And we're going to find out what the mental makeup of that Houston team is this week because they have struggled even in wins. It took multiple overtimes to beat UTSA. It took a couple turnovers late to beat Rice by seven points. Mm. This is not a great team so far. Can they turn the corner? Can they flip the switch? We're about to find out.
1: On, on the other hand, Tulane's just a weird team. Like, they go yeah. off and beat Kansas State, who just beat Oklahoma, and then they lose to Southern Miss. Mm-hmm. One of the worst teams in Conference USA. Yeah. So I feel like this will be a really good test for Tulane as well, you know, okay. to play someone that, that is down to their – kind of earth down, down to their size a little I bit I agree.
0: we're gonna see how deep the AAC is really with this yes one, definitely is Tulane a contender right or is Houston or the, uh, are they taking the place of Houston or no that Kansas State win was an aberration right. or whatever um I agree I think this is this will dictate how Houston's season goes obviously they still have a tough game against SMU later on down the line but this gives me a this gives us a good barometer of where to measure them right are they playing in the are they competing to pay in one of those big bowls or are they is it Gasparilla Bowl, right, for, for uh, wherever the AAC's secondary ties are with their bowl, barely bowl-eligible teams. Because if they rattle off this win, like before SMU, this is a decent stretch for them, right? If they right. win this one, Memphis, solid, but not Memphis that we're used to, Navy, USF, right? If they can rattle off a four-game win streak going into SMU, okay, boom. Now we're, like you mentioned, now we're talking in terms of nine, uh, eight wins, things like that. And it's not the season we envisioned, but it is still a very solid season for how you want to maybe kick off your last year in, in the G5. Or um, So, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited to see this, though, because Tulane, that win over Kansas State obviously looks way better now. Yeah. And after they beat Oklahoma. So I'm curious, was that defense something? Because I think Kansas State was held to under four and a half yards of carry on 40 attempts on the ground. Like they shut down the running game for Kansas State. So
1: we'll see. Well, who's, who steps in for Derek Parrish? Do we know?
2: I mean, DeAnthony Jones has to have a bigger role. Uh, Nelson Caesar, guys like that, are going to have to step up. Nelson yeah. Caesar had a—he returned the fumble for a touchdown. That kind of won that game okay. for Rice. So, you know, they're still going to get after people. Yeah, you know, that defensive line is still one of the strengths of the team. Mm-hmm. You're just losing one of your best players, and now that hurts the depth. What do they look like in the yep. third quarter? What do they look like at the fourth quarter? How do you do the rotations? And so. Um, yeah, when you lose a defensive lineman like that, it, I think it it, imp- it impacts everybody else because now your second guy has to be your first guy and your third guy has got to be your second guy. Uh, we'll see how they are able to handle that against a team that can be pretty physical mm-hmm. and can challenge them in that w- in that way like from a
0: depth standpoint. Who are they? Yep. yep. Speaking yep. of a game that got more interesting last week, Mallory, what's next?
1: Another Friday night game. UTSA traveling to Middle Tennessee State this Friday at 6:30 p.m. You can watch it on CBS SN UTSA favored by four, the over under at sixty-three and a half. I wonder. This is a fantastic quarterback matchup too, by yes, the way. Yes. Fantastic quarterback battle.
0: I was going to say, I wonder what this line was going to be before they beat Miami. Yeah. Like yeah. beat Miami. by the way, beat Miami's butt. Like that was not, that was 14 point score or whatever. It did not feel like that. Miami had no chance of getting back in that game. Yeah. UTSA's
2: wide receiver trio?
0: Nasty. are averaging Nasty.
2: combined 100 yards each per game. Nasty. Like Zachary Franklin is third in the conference with 98 yards receiving per game. The first two are Joshua Cephas and J.T. Clark. Like so they basically have three receivers averaging 100 yards per game. Frank Harris has been the best quarterback in the state. The defense is getting better and better. Here's the problem for UTSA. They're beat up. Mm-hmm. They didn't just lose two other first three games. They lost around twelve players from their two deep that didn't play yeah. against Texas Southern, and they're not sure how many of those guys are going to be back against Middle Tennessee. It's a road game. It's on Friday night. Jeff Trailer's kind of doing this uh, like Lou Holtz thing. Yeah, you know, like, ah, oh, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how <laughs> we're going to do this thing. You know, they beat Miami. We're missing so many guys. Like yep. we're just we're just trying to get there. like oh, you know? we're just little boys what, playing with right, the wind. You, you know? know, we're <laughs> just you know what are we doing? We're just getting a plane ride out to Tennessee. We'll see how it goes. Type of deal. Yeah. We'll see how much depth is there at UTSA because they're going to need it on the offensive line, defensive line, and and that secondary is going to be tested. Middle Tennessee had, I think, like four passes over 60 yards against Miami. It was something insane like that. That quarterback is They're going to have to make Mm -hmm. them work for it because that's out of the realm for Middle Tennessee State. They hadn't had a 60-yard pass play since, like, 2019, and then they had four of them (laughs) against Miami. Is that just a weird aberration or is it not? Because this may not be like-to-like, but that Army team – Came up with some big plays through the passing game mm-hmm. against UTSA secondary. Sure, we'll see if it's more like they were against Houston, where they limited those, or if it's more like Army, where Middle Tennessee can get those shot plays. Because if they can, UTSA is going to lose
0: this game. Yeah, Mallory, talk a little bit about the the gospel of Chase Cunningham.
1: He's really good. Let me let me read you some of his stats just on uh, last week's game. He completed sixteen of twenty five passes, four hundred eight yards, and four touchdowns through the air. And he also rushed for twenty nine yards and one touchdown on the ground. So. He's he's legit. Like this is, he's, He looks very good. And this is gonna be a fun like just quarterback game. Oh, like sure. you get to see Frank Harris and Cade Cunningham. I think that both of them are. C- oh Chase Cunningham, not Cade Cunningham. Chase Cunningham. Chase Cunningham. Cade I'm thinking of. I'm, a, I'm thinking of basketball. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm thinking of him. But yeah, Chase Cunningham, fantastic uh, quarterback battle here. I
0: think some people were confused at the the extension Middle Tennessee gave Rick Stockstill in the offseason because it was like ah oh, they're kind of like you know they're kind of like middling they were they've always been fine. Count me in that book. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I mean, sure. Like you know, you was like, okay, I guess you're cementing yourself to be in a six, seven win program. Yeah. You know, okay, they could st- obviously, the season's still long. They could win six, seven games again, and people look confused at it. But I mean, that win last week is awesome, and they look like they're going to be a real contender in a conference USA that's still very much. Uh, it's so up open. In the air. It's very both these much teams open. could win it. I do West, think they're Western like, Kentucky like, like, in I there? will say this week with UTSA, like right now, we can probably pencil in the favorite, right? UTSA. Mm-hmm. But after that. Right. Who, like, this is why this game is interesting to me because, like, we think who's Middle playing Tennessee, UTSA. Right. Exactly. In, in who's the conference playing with UTSA up top because it could be Western Kentucky again? It could be, you know, I don't know. Right. Yeah. And so this week's going to be like, if UTSA comes out and smokes Middle Tennessee, it's like, oh, okay. I definitely don't know who's going to be. That Middle was just Tennessee. a weird enigma.
2: I need to say this before we move on Miami's not good they're really not yeah, like, like it is a good. it's a good it was a good win I watched just them for in person the week before yeah that's they're true, not so, good. Anna,
0: it's the it's a good win in terms of like when UTE beat Boise last yeah, week right it's a helmet game we, yes exactly but they are bad. They are they're, very, they are they're bad they're very good they're very bad they're offensively good. in particular awful awful Tyler Van Dyke is no. not a good quarterback A&M so. should be embarrassed they only won that game by eight <laughs> fair enough yeah. I don't disagree, disagree with that so. yeah
1: all right let's move on to Saturday Texas Tech traveling to <laughs> Kansas State. This is going to be a great one. Uh, at 11 a.m., you can watch it on ESPN Plus. Is that right?
0: Yep. Yeah. It's that's, wild. That's, that's wild. That's
1: wild weird. to me uh kansas state favored by seven and a half the over under at fifty-seven and a half. both coming off massive wins last week
0: if you want to know yeah, if you want to know which game was unfortunately left off of our game of the week it was this one uh because we could have easily added this one to the game yeah we could have yeah um this was the one the odd man out of course there's only three of us so you know we had to pick and choose s- yeah we're gonna see like kansas state Obviously, looked really good. I think they got the game plan absolutely right against Oklahoma. I mentioned Colin Klein calling it still weird. Colin Klein's an offensive <laughs> coordinator. I, I hate it. Yeah. How does it feel to be oldish? That's awful. Welcome hate to the it. club. Oh, I remember Colin. Mallory Klein, will be there one day. I remember Colin nah. Klein running that awful offense for bill snyder and i forgot what bowl they made the orange bowl i think they made that year anyway
2: when uh, mason finds a head coach somewhere mallory's gonna be like oh <laughs> man
0: i remember watching him back in my day <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> but uh but he called a great game against oklahoma and i think i'm interested to see how that offense rolls into week two right how and how Tech's defense game plans against that because which has he, been better exactly which has been a lot better and now do they look at that oklahoma game and say All right, we knew Deuce Vaughn was, you know, other than Bijan Robinson, the best running back probably in the Big 12. Now we see Adrian Martinez really kind of finding his groove in the Big 12 and at Kansas State. Okay, now we got something to worry about here, right? We got a dual threat offense. We got a guy who, and Colin Klein, who knows how to run the ball with a quarterback, right? That's what he did in college. I'm fascinated to see if Tech wins this game, then it starts getting a little louder, the hype for Tech, right? If they lose this game, okay, now it's another NC State, bring them back down to earth after last week's big win.
2: If Texas Tech wins this game, the amount of national articles written about Joey Maguire are (sighs) going to, like, quadruple over the week. Like, we're going to reread our magazine feature story (laughs) seven (laughs) times uh, over the next couple weeks if Joey keeps doing this. His post-game speech after Texas. (sighs) Stuff of legends, He's man. Man of the people, of man. Just. Man of
1: the people.
2: The country's going to find out this comes through Lubbock, Texas.
1: <laughs> and he said it with such confidence that you're like, okay.
2: Yeah. you know, I believe you know, it. Matt Wells says that. Cliff Kingsbury says Even Mike Leach says that. We all roll our eyes. Right, right, you know? right. And Joey's like, well, man, they could do something <laughs> I was about there, to say. Man. This yep. game feels like mirror image game. This is going to sound crazy because we look at Texas Tech still through the prism of Mike Leach's Texas Tech. Yeah. But this is becoming a hard nosed, tough mm-hmm. physical team. Mm-hmm. They out physical Texas. They made Texas quit mm-hmm. over four quarters. They beat up Texas. They outlasted them. Mm-hmm. They made the star running back fumble on his left. You know, like that. Right. That's a good football team. Now, the one time they've gone on the road this year, it hasn't been as good. Sure. So where will they be able to travel? How that how that will look? I think this is going to be a low scoring, tight defensive game. I think it's going to look a lot like that North Carolina State game. Mm-hmm. Can Donovan Smith play clean? When yes. Donovan Smith doesn't make mistakes with his arm, this Texas Tech team is hard to beat. If he throws a couple of interceptions, Kansas State they're just gonna they're gonna mush you, mm-hmm. you know, like they're just gonna they're just gonna hammer you, and so you can't give them any free possessions. For me, this comes down to which Donovan Smith do we get?
1: Yeah, I think if you're you're Texas Tech too, you've you've got to win this one to keep the hype rolling, because if you're a <laughs> Tech fan and you see last week's game, you're gonna be like, okay. We're a good team, but if you go out and just completely blow it, which we've seen Tech do, they're sure. susceptible to at least one blowout a year, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about it in the office. If this is that one, does the hype kind of start to go away a little bit?
0: I, I agree. I agree in that sense that it's a really euphoric high right now, right? Yes. In Lubbock. Yes. And if they, yeah, to your credit, if they come out and lose this right away, I'm not, obviously the pitchforks aren't going to be out. They're still going to have very much full faith in Joey McGuire, mm-hmm. but. It's going to be like, all right, maybe we are a seven win team, right Maybe it's like, all right maybe the hype we're goes th- away a bit. Exactly yeah. yeah, the hype just like you just kind of lose that spark, right mm-hmm. Meanwhile, if you keep the, if you win this game, I mean, I hate doing the schedule thing, but like yeah you know, I don't I mean if they lose the, put it this way, if they lose this game and then they get Oklahoma State. Tough game right there. You right? just look that
1: at it so differently. Just, if they exactly. Lose no, game. you start
0: reading the schedule. And it's like, oh man, now dude, can they, can they rebound from this loss to beat Oklahoma State? Can they, blo- mm-hmm. Then they get Bay? You know, like it's just, you start looking at the schedule a little more if they lose this one as like, okay, six, seven wins, probably realistic. Um, but if they win this one, it's like, I don't know. Just like last week, you're like, I don't know what the ceiling is anymore. Yeah. <laughs> could they win the big goal? I don't you know. You just do know. T- <laughs> exactly. So um, a lot of, like I said, this one was the one that just missed out on our player, on our game of the week. Um, and it very easily could have, could have made it.
1: Let's jump to Sunday. How Let's often can it. I say that when yeah. we're talking about college football? SMU playing UCF. I'm surprised they didn't swap it around, like UCF traveling to SMU instead of SMU going More to money. UCF. You know, well, I guess that's true. <laughs> that, that shuts me up right there. I yeah, understand that's good, now. That's a good point. I like, know, <laughs> I mean,
0: you know? I, mean I, th- I know some teams did that during COVID and all that. Like, that's I what I was UNT thinking. Did right, it. right. right. I feel if like they were staying in the same conference next year. They would have done it. That's, Ooh, a, that's a really but good they point. They
2: can't. Be, there can't be a reverse back. Sure. That's, yeah. a, that's a good can't point. Go like, well, you can come here next year, and we'll make up that money at your that's home a good point. For you next year. Like UCF still needs that home game.
0: They would have just lost it completely if because if, you're yep. not playing SMU next year. Are they going to put the Golden Knight in the middle of the in the middle of Ford? <laughs> everything <laughs> yeah.
1: just everything just trickled down to money at this point. Hundred percent. Right, uh, let me look
0: at. Uh, let me quickly before you get to the details of that game. you okay. said Noon. Yes. So you will be noon. going up against the Commanders versus the Cowboys, the Giants, and the Bears. The Jets and the Steelers and the Jaguars and the Eagles. Man, so, what a slate of games! What a slate of games! <laughs> I'm watching It's SMU. Carson Wentz. <laughs> it's Cooper that? Rush. The, all the stars are here. Tanner <laughs> Mordecai may be the best quarterback. <laughs> I know say. this I might, might be the best.
1: This might be the best football game on at this time. Uh, it's at <laughs> noon. Uh, you can watch it on some kind of ESPN platform. They haven't released that kind of information yet. Craven said it's probably going to be on ESPNU. So be I on the lookout be for that. They don't have anything on NFL Sunday, so right. they'll yeah, probably, they'll like probably get throw it, it out, there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's SMU? UCF favored by 3.5. The over under set at 65. It's going to be a pointsy uh, game. I think I
2: this think. is a winnable game for SMU if Tanner Mordecai Definitely. can avoid turning the football over. Mm mm-hmm. they beat Maryland if they don't have three turnovers, you know, two interceptions and a fumble on on him. You know, that TCU game, like Mallory and I were at it, and it never
0: felt that close, but you look Mm -mm. at the clock, and it's the fourth quarter, SMU has the ball, and it's a one-possession game. Right. It felt like a game controlled by TCU until you looked at the score. Right, yeah. (laughs) And so, you know, SMU's right
2: there. Yeah. Now, they need to figure out how to run the football because Mm -hmm. it feels like it's been Tanner Morakai or bust. Mm -hmm. But the thing that gave me some hope last week is it had been Rasheed Rice versus everybody in the Mm -hmm. passing game. Mm -hmm. But Jake Bailey is healthy, and he emerged as a secondary option. That SMU passing attack is only going to get better and better. The defensive line was excellent. Yeah. I think they had four, five, six sacks against Max Duggan and that in, against TCU. But the secondary is a problem. Mm-hmm. When they did not get home to Max Duggan, Max Duggan had whatever he wanted. We had the view, the vantage point. I mean, there's like four wide receivers open on every single play. That can't get fixed in a week. Sure. And so this is a boomer bust SMU team where it's like we either get to the quarterback or we give up points. On the road, that's a little bit harder to do. Um, and for me it is just going to come down to turnovers and mistakes. A Sunday game can be weird how do how do the players adjust to that weirdness because we're all creatures of habit, sure, but it's especially true for football teams like football teams are creatures of habit. You do the yep. same thing on Monday, Tuesday,
0: Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. This changes the whole routine. who handles that better mm-hmm. to their credit they're playing a UCF team that's does not look as dominant under Gus Malzahn as maybe maybe people thought. Maybe mm-hmm. basing them off of the Scott Frost, Josh Heupel teams, right. they're not very good through the air because of course Gus Malzahn typically that's what he wants to do. Option A and B is run the ball first. So this might be the right team to match up against. Uh, they have not looked the cleanest. They beat a pretty they beat a Georgia a bad Georgia Tech team twenty seven ten kind of unconvincingly really. I think they needed ten points in the fourth quarter to kind of put that one away. John Reese Plumley's is not. Been great throwing the ball. I think he had 43 passing yards in that game against again a bad Georgia Tech team. Uh, he had he threw for over 300 against Florida Atlantic, but you know Florida Atlantic is kind of all, looking also pretty bad too. They lost to a pretty average looking Louisville team. So like I think this isn't this isn't the you know we used to categorize Cincinnati, Houston, UCF up here right in this big category with the AAC. It's not that UCF team. I don't think right now it's looking like more a team that. Maybe SMU can see a little switching of the pecking order this year, and I think this is the opportunity for them to do it because this is—I think this is a this is a potential SMU blowout win. Like I really think if they get on top fourteen nothing, then you start seeing weird stuff with Gus Malzahn trying to get back into a game. I don't know if I trust that defense to be able to slow SMU down to where like oh yeah they can you know UCF can rattle off twenty unanswered or something like okay. that, and so I feel like if they jump on them early. I really like this as a sneaky blowout potential game for SMU,
2: and there won't be any surprises on Saturday because as much as we talked about the Rhett Lashley Sunny Dykes relationship, mm-hmm. Rhett Lashley has an even bigger one with Gus Malzahn. Sure, like yeah. Gus Malzahn Jeez. is Rhett Lashley's coaching dad. Yes, like they were in the same, like they were on the same staff for like the first twelve years of Rhett Lashley's career, mm-hmm. um, and so they're going to know each other really well. They're going to know each other's offenses really well. We'll see who kind of benefits from that knowledge.
0: Sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Let's jump back to Saturday. Texas hosting West Virginia at 6.30 p.m. You can watch it on FS1. Texas favored by nine. Over-under set at 62. The
0: big question, do we see Quinn Ewers back? Uh, yep. Of course, Steve Sarkisian's rolled out the, the dog and pony show of suiting him out, having him work out, then not play. <laughs> um, I think he was more – I think that reason was – I think he was about – if I had to presume, this is me not reporting, this is me speculating, I think he was like 60 70%. Yep. And I think that it was more of a, because, so we don't have to throw Charles Wright out there. <laughs> if okay. Hudson cards hurt, here he is as an emergency break glass in case of emergency uh, quarterback. So I think he, I to your credit, I think you called this too. We see him this week because you don't want to throw him against Red River. Obviously, it's not confirmed yet, but... I think if we do see him, we'll see him this week because I don't like I said he's, he's not going to throw him against Oklahoma and say have fun kid right. you know and I don't s- think he starts either.
1: I was going to say we're probably going to see two quarterbacks because right. this West Virginia team is. Is bad. I yes. think
2: they mix in Quinn Ewers for a couple of series, sure, yeah. just to kind of give him, you know, maybe the third series of the first quarter or something, just see how he is, and then maybe you just let him keep playing. Sure, um, you know, if Hudson Card's hot, maybe just let him keep going as well. Give uh, Quinn one more week to kind of rest that shoulder because right. it's his non-throwing shoulder. The worry is, what if he he's going to get hit again? Right, mm-hmm. and like and how that's, does the, he that's handle the bracing that pain, shoulder right? Right? almost whenever you're
0: right. getting hit. Yeah,
2: right. Texas's defense has to get off the field. Yeah, they played against a hundred snaps. Against Texas Tech last week. They were bad on third down. They were really bad on fourth down. I think, I, think, well, I want to say five of Texas Tech's scoring drives had a fourth down conversion in them somewhere. Mm. And so yeah. they're going to have to get off the field. They That's were right. out, you know, it was 100 snaps to 60. You're going to need to see more Bajan Robinson. There's no reason Bajon Robinson doesn't touch the ball 20 times. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you have 25 plays. Give him the <laughs> ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Wildcat formation needs to be better or just scrap it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Right. If Hudson Card isn't healthy enough to play wide receiver and go run a route, don't even do it. Right. If you don't trust a former four-star quarterback out of high school, Rashawn Johnson, to throw it at all, just don't do it. Mm-hmm. Just line up there and hand them the ball. You don't have to get cute. Texas should win this game easily. West Virginia is not even good. Mm-hmm. The problem is West Virginia scores points. They've scored 30 points every game this year, even the ones they've lost. So Texas', Texas or Texas's defense is going to be up against it. Who are they on third down? Who are they on fourth down? And how do they – respond to the adversity. Yeah. You know, everybody was ready to like turn the page on Texas and be like, man, you only lost by one point to Alabama. This is the year you're going to key up. You're going to be good. You're going to be squashed. The, they
0: shut the door on UTSA. Right. Kind of and like, right. here we go. Yep. Texas turned. they've learned how to win. Yep. They, they
2: got a better locker room culture. Then they blow another 10 point deficit in the second half. So, They're two and five in one possession games under Steve Sarkeesian. I don't know if this is going to be a one possession game, but it's on the. Or I think it's at home. It's at home. It's at home. Mm -hmm. Um, You should should have the crowd. Like everything should be going in Texas's favor. But sometimes the week before Red River, it gets weird for the Longhorns. You overlook it, and you have to avoid that because you can't. You can't. Can't go into next week at two and three. Right. You go into next week at two and three, and this is looking at another five and seven
0: season. Right. I agree. I think uh, to Mallory's point, this West Virginia West Virginia team's not very good. They had a big win against Virginia Tech, who also does not look very <laughs> <It's> good. <bad. laughs> uh then they got they were one of the early victims of Kansas, and then they got uh they got beat by a pit team that looks is okay right now. Fine. They're fine, they're yeah. yeah, they're fine, but they don't look like the pit team of last year, obviously, after losing Kenny Pickett. Um so yeah, I mean, this is a if you're Texas and you give Neil Brown and this West Virginia team that this was a team that we presumed would have a new head coach in 2023, right? If you go and give them a nice little gold star win like this, and all of a sudden now we're having conversations about, ooh, Neil Brown, 2023, is he coming back and all that? Like you mentioned, that just spells disaster. Yeah. I don't think it'll happen. I trust this offense. I trust the way they've been playing. Defensively, I, I don't think West Virginia is good enough to keep no. drive down the field and make them really tired the way Tech did. Um, I don't think they have the playmakers to do that. So I feel comfortable about this one. I think there was the right opponent before Oklahoma. Yeah. We'll see. But like you mentioned, weird things happen before Red River. Yep. If you're a
2: fan of football in Denton, Texas, you might want to watch this game just to get a peek of that offense. I'm just going to leave that. I'm just going to leave that there.
1: Yay. Mm. All right. Let's talk about America's team. Rice hosting UAB Yo. this Saturday at 6:30 <laughs> p.m. I just caught on to on that. ESPN <laughs> Plus. <laughs> UAB favored by 10. That's all right. Still America's team. Over/under set at 51 <laughs> and a half. Hoot. Uh, hoot. I'm calling it now, Rice. Let's let's Like get as it, a man. win
2: or just a cover.
0: I was about to well, say. Just, we well, let's
1: just let's just let's not go crazy. <laughs> just to cover here, all right. Let's not go crazy. I
2: do. We were talking earlier about who's the biggest challenger to UTSA in Conference USA. It, it to me, it's UAB until proven otherwise. I sure. know Western yeah. Kentucky's played really well. Their quarterback looks great. They're playing an excellent offense. But UAB is still that team that's usually the physical bully yeah. of Conference USA. Mm-hmm. But Rice beat them last year mm-hmm. on the road. This was the big win for Rice. Rice is always always gets that one big win a year, even when they stink. They mm-hmm. usually get that one win they're not supposed to. Was this year's Louisiana, or was that Louisiana win just like uh, indicative of how good the Owls are this year? Right. If TJ McMahon can keep it to one interception or under, the Owls have a chance to pull this upset. Yeah. If he throws two or more interceptions, I feel like UAB just out-bullies them and out-rices them mm-hmm. to a victory because this is a Rice team facing a better version of itself.
0: I was about to say, um, Brent, Brian Benson's been done a great job for Bill Clark since taking over. Obviously, that was kind of a... Uh, Unexpected retirement from Bill Clark. And I was like, oh man, what happens with UAB? It turns out they're probably still fine. Um, he built something pretty lasting there. They got a great win over Georgia Southern, who was looking like a pretty good uh, Sun Belt team. Still think they're going to be pretty good this year. They got a really convincing win there. Yeah, Rice is going to have to speaking of getting off the field, I think Rice is going to have to get off the field because yeah. UAB is running the ball excellently. Mm-hmm. I think they had over 230 on the ground last week against uh, – let me see if I have it right here. They had uh, Two
1: weeks ago against Georgia Southern. Yeah, Dua- they had a bye yeah, week last week. Dwayne
0: McBride had – yeah, there you go. Dwayne McBride had 20, 223 yards on 28 carries, eight yards a carry, four touchdowns against a good Georgia Southern team. Yeah. So speaking of Rice, we're going to see how physical and how tough that Rice defense is because they get Houston – and now you get a hard-nosed team like UAB, who's willing, like you mentioned, is a souped-up version of yourself, right? You look at that and you say goals when, if, you're, if you're Rice, right? right? And we're going to see. Do they have the, the fortitude? I think they do. I think we've seen a lot, of, a lot of mental maturity from this Rice team this year. Now it's like, okay. And also, I think if you're Rice, you want to see some of these win, these games go the other way, right? Like It's cool to look cool against Houston, right? It's cool to yep. beat Louisiana. But now it's like, okay, you don't want, you don't want a lot of those – hard-nosed games to all be losses, right? Mm-hmm. You want to eventually see the wheel start to turn and see that kind of manifest in terms of results. So this is a good opportunity to, um, if they do this, throw Conference USA out the window. You know, hold on to the UTSA, but throw the rest of Conference USA Exactly, out the like we were talking like, about
1: before. I, yeah. Right. All right. My condolences before we get to this game. Oh,
0: why? Oh, Jesus. All right.
1: Texas State traveling to mm-hmm. one of the best teams in america right now g5 teams james madison this saturday at 12 30 p.m ish you can in fact watch this game on espn plus if you ever I so will wish unfortunately to unfortunately uh, be watching this game james madison's favored by 22 and a half so the over-under said it the uh, only 52, solace so. i can
0: take from this game <laughs> is that james madison is exempt from the sunbelt championship game <laughs> <laughs> because they are a transition team you're like how oh, this doesn't count <laughs> yeah well it counts against Texas state unfortunately um but this team's good, man. This team's really—they spanked Middle Tennessee in their first game as an FBS program. They, you know, beat Norfolk State, in a, a form another FCS program, and then they beat App State last week. After App State had one of their biggest wins ever against Oklahoma, uh, Texas A&M. They are scary, and I hate it. I hate it. I don't
2: have much for this one. This is uh, this is just one of those like. <laughs>
0: I mean, I guess you just try to keep it close. I don't even know. Like, they're the what, at least maybe it? try and cover, you James know, Madison if you're Texas is the State. number one rushing uh, defense per EPA. Right. They're the number six defense in terms of echo rate. They're the number 28 defense in terms of passing. I mean, they're so good. They're, they're number one in terms of third and fourth down success against 18%. <laughs> yep. Okay. If- I think I'd take James Madison
2: and win the American. Yeah. <laughs> right now, I probably. mean, right now. I mean, they'd win any G five conference USA conference, probably. Oh, G, conference USA, they'd run away with yeah. the thing. Lap the field. Like, <laughs> they're the best G five team in the country right now.
0: They, yeah, they're definitely playing like it. It's. Awful. And so
2: for Texas State, this is a uh, you just got to hope for some good stuff early, and see how
1: it goes. It's, I was going to say, if you're if you're a Texas State fan, what can you look for in a Texas State team to maybe get excited about, or what what do you want to see at least happen? If I think it's Texas like UTSA versus
2: Texas in the first half. Sure. Be creative, be aggressive, yeah. go out and play some football. And, it, you know, you're going to lose by, in the second half because yeah. they're yeah. more talented and deeper. That's fine. That, mm-hmm. That's the kind of stuff happens. Uh, but go try to win this game. Yes, yeah. Don't just walk in there and be like, well, we're about to lose by there 40 points. Here we go.
0: I'll relate this back to Texas programs and things like that. Look, I think James Madison is the perfect blueprint and sim- in similar fashion to Georgia Southern to Appalachian State, to teams like that, as opposed to teams like maybe an Old Dominion or a UMass that make the jump up. The reason why this relates, because obviously Sam Houston's moving up next year, you have the infrastructure. Mm -hmm. You have success. You have the ability and the resources to say, okay, now we're moving up right now. We're comfortable to say that you're not making some leap of faith and hoping it comes together and try to fix the plane as it's going through the air, Texas state. Um, Mm -hmm. You're actually building something and have something solidified and then taking that up to the next level. Like James Madison's doing. They're one of the best teams in the last decade in FCS. And they're like, yeah, sure. We can go up and sure enough, they're kicking butt. So yeah. (laughs) um, Yeah. There's not much else to say about this one. By the way, uh, Craven, do you watch uh, do you watch Game of Thrones at all? Kind
2: of. I'm behind. You're behind? Like the new one? Yeah. Yeah, I've only seen the first episode. Okay,
0: you're not going to catch up this weekend, are you? No. Speaking of games that you're not going to watch this weekend, Mallory, what's next?
1: I actually had a better one that you <laughs> were in. Enjo-
0: I enjoy y'all's, like,
2: banter, and I enjoy that I'm above it because UTSA's good.
0: <gasps> Go on, are you Mallory?
1: done? <laughs> I was going to say moving all the way down to the bottom of the power pole. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> if no, you it's want that one too, I do
0: it than, than if you do it because it's it's not as much fun as when you self self harm. Yeah. So I know. Man, this is
1: great. North Texas hosting FAU, a game I will be at by the way. Not covering it uh, this Saturday at 3 p.m. If you want to watch it, it's on ESPN Plus. FAU favored by three. Hopefully, it's a it will we'll see a close game. Over under set at 67.5. If you're Austin Ani, if you're UNT offense in general, just just protect the ball. Please, protect the ball. You can be competitive. We saw them be competitive against a pretty good Memphis team. But those th- those dang mistakes, man, those turnovers, they're killers with this team.
0: North Texas is going to win this game. FAU is not very good, I was going to say. They're not very good. Yeah. This is in
2: Denton. They're not going to have two offensive tur- turnovers return for touchdowns. I was going to make a crowd jump. No. <laughs> uh doesn't happen. Well, you know, empty stadiums are hard to play for. That's the U.S. men's national team. Uh, Bam! Thank you. Go! We're here, baby. Um, I think North Texas wins this game. I think the running game is going to get better. I think the defense. I think playing conference USA is the medicine the Mean Green need. Sure. Yeah. And Seth Luttrell's team. We can talk about North Texas under Seth Luttrell and like what it means and all that kind of stuff. That's probably a topic for different. When they're back up against the wall and everybody's jumped off the believe train, yeah, that's when they play their best football. And that's what's happened right now for mm-hmm. North Texas. I think they play an inspired brand of football, and they beat an FAU team that's not very good at home. They're definitely not very good on the road. Um, and so I, I think this is going to be a bounce-back game for North Texas, which will be frustrating because it's just like this is the, the North Texas experience. Yep. It's right. a yo-yo. And uh-huh. this is, I think this is going to yep. be another one of those kind of things where it's like, oh, that's what it could be, but it's not on a consistent
1: basis. Yeah, right. another nugget thrown to North Texas. FAU is coming off a very, very competitive close loss to Purdue. Mm-hmm. They're tired. Sure. They're beat up. They're traveling to North Texas. They're traveling to Denton. So that may be another nugget thrown in North Texas way that they need to capitalize sure. on.
2: And I it's been a distracting week for FAU with that hurricane coming true. in and all that right. kind of stuff. True. Like how do you handle all that kind of stuff? Like your family situations are like, you know, mm-hmm. it can get weird in those things. Yep. The one
0: thing that's – I don't think FAU is very good, and I think UNT probably wins this game. Nikosi Perry's quietly playing very, pretty well. Yeah, um, he's—I believe he has 13 touchdowns, only to three interceptions. He's been the steady force for basically this entire offense, and it could be one of those games where the team's not looking good, but he just keeps something going. And we've seen this UNT defense look really bad against both the pass and the run. Um, obviously, I think better, better ish against the pass. Um, but I think you—I think FAU is going to want to run the ball a little bit more with Nikosi Perry and things like that. So. I think that's worth a little bit more susceptible. That's what's going to scare me a bit. Um, But I would say, in my opinion, things lean more towards UNT.
1: Yep, yep. All right, let's round it all out. Last game of the week, UTEP traveling to Charlotte. UTEP coming off a pretty nice win last week. This Saturday at 5 p.m. You can watch it on ESPN3. UTEP! Coming to this game favored by three. The over-under set at 51 and a half. How about the minors?
0: If somebody started listening to this podcast this year, <laughs> they would think that we just hate UTEP. Because I'm looking at that, and I'm like, yeah, because Charlotte stinks. <laughs> I'm like... kind of hype them up a bit. It's the opposite. I love UTEP. I want them to be great. Charlotte stinks right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Will Healy is not... It's, it's unfortunate that it's kind of gone this way because he was one of the top young coaches in the league, and now, to UTEP's credit, to UTEP's benefit, they don't look very good right now. So, um, yeah, I think UTEP's probably going to win this one, and they're going to get a little win streak going.
2: <laughs> this would be the first win for UTEP in a really, really long time on the East Coast. They're like one and 2 or something like that in, in East Coast time. That is time. literally the only thing in, that I can grasp on to be like, man, maybe <laughs> right. they could lose this game.
0: Right. But yeah. like <laughs> well,
2: they could. They're a bad team. <laughs> right, man, right. Bad doesn't travel very well. You know? <laughs> right. So like, yeah. they're, they're capable of stinking it up. But this is how bad Charlotte is. Yeah, Like Charlotte, Hawaii, New Mexico State, Charlotte. Yeah. Probably the three worst teams. FIU. Colorado State, probably. Yeah, right Colorado now. State, FIU, top five worst teams in college football. Yeah. UTEP should win this game, and hopefully they follow the same recipe they used last week to beat Boise State. Mm-hmm. Run the football, play good defense, let Gavin Hardison do just enough. He only had 11 attempts last week. He completed 10 of them. They didn't go vertical all that much. Use their – Use the short passing game, use the running game, set that stuff up. Don't get don't allow Charlotte any confidence. Right. Go control this game early on, establish the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football and go beat a bad team. Do what you're supposed to do. That's the thing for a team like UTEP. You can go upset a Boise State when they're overlooking you and nobody's paying attention. Can you go do and win the games you're supposed to? They did that last year. That's why they got to a bowl game. Sure. Can they do it again?
0: Yeah. If and they could be
2: 3-3 three and three after this week, and everything's to,
0: okay. I was about to mm-hmm. say, yeah, if they win this one, all of a sudden, you know, ship's not back completely fixed and all that, but it's like, okay, cool. We're, we're still, Bowl's still there. To yep. UTEP's credit, you mentioned it. It's not trying to do too much crazy stuff with Gavin Hardison. Charlotte's defense is very bad, 127th against the run, 114th against the pass. Again, UTEP, so t- on the other side, UTEP's offense has been stagnant and not been able to take advantage of that, but they haven't played out defense as bad, so hopefully that can flip in their favor a little bit. Let me just rattle off Charlotte's schedule right now. Forty three to thirteen loss against FAU. We just got finished talking about FAU. Yeah, not a great team. Not great. Forty one to twenty four loss to William and Mary. Yep. That William and Mary that you only usually talk about in basketball. Yeah, that's <laughs> that FCS team. Uh, 56, 21 against Maryland is what it is. Then a random 42, 41 win over Georgia state. And then they just get blown out 56, 20 against South Carolina. They're not good. UTEP has looked better than that. Right. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to go out here and say, yeah, 41, 24. UTEP would definitely lose to William and Mary. No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't lose to William and Mary. So Mm -mm. UTEP, please, (laughs) please don't let this happen because, uh, we still believe in you. We still believe a bowl is possible, especially if you get this. All of a sudden, things are turning around.
2: So I do think Charlotte scores some points, and the over is at play here.
0: Yes. Their offense is – they I believe they're 65th in uh, uh, passing EPA. So yeah. their offense can do stuff. Luckily for UTEP, their defense is what they like to rely on. Can they disrupt some stuff? Hopefully. I agree. I think they do maybe give up a couple plays here and there. But that's it. <laughs> that's probably all I can say good about uh, Charlotte in this one. So hopefully we see another – kind of thoroughly controlled game from UTEP. If this game is, let's put it this way. I hope this game is boring. Because this game is boring, UTEP's winning. because yeah. They're going to sit on this game. They're going to not let them do anything. And you're just going to be like, cool, dub,
1: awesome. You know Get the defense there. is doing their job like exactly. they're supposed
0: to. The yeah. offense is not going to be explosive, but they don't need to be it to win this game. Yeah. So just don't turn the ball over. Exactly. Yep. Don't turn the ball over. Have another Boise State. Do it.
1: All right. There you go, guys. This is our week five college football preview. Week five it is, right?
0: Yep. It is week five. Yep. <laughs>
1: I'm still unsure. I'm still unsure. But there (laughs) you go. Have some confidence, Mallory. Come on. All right. All right.
0: (laughs) There we go. All right. So, yeah, that'll do it for us. Uh, As I mentioned, Sunday we'll be back with our normal recap show, of course, with SMU and UCF being on Sunday. We're not going to include that in the podcast. Craven will have yep. a write-up on that later that day. No use in trying to compete with NFL Sundays. We know what you guys are going to choose. So we'll, we'll oh, see. Oh, it's obviously. We'll <laughs> see. Look, Mallory, we'll talk off air. I got some things to <laughs> tell you about American <laughs> NFL Sundays. Let me enlighten you real quick. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I go to the
2: grocery store.
0: It's also, also.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, anyway. So, yes. That's been the thing. Living in DFW. Oh, yeah. Everybody. You know, every, yeah. everybody. Like, oh, the Cowboys are on.
2: I'm going to go to the grocery store. I don't need to watch Cooper Rush. I watch college mm-hmm. football every day.
0: <laughs> My God. All Right. So anyway Oh yeah I forgot though. Unfortunately Are
2: you a Cowboys fan? I
0: am Yeah I grew How up here How did
1: I not know that? Yeah, yeah I'm a Cowboys fan here, Unfortunately
0: Yeah mm. That's unfortunate Yeah you don't get to North choose North Texas You don't get to choose much If you're North if Texas from up here North Texas and the Cowboys <laughs> And, of, uh, like, and Michigan State, man. Job. Yeah, let's go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you need, to need to practice
0: some, some self love. Some happiness in your life. <laughs> I
1: man. I do. Like it's it's a wonder that I'm sitting here right now, all <laughs> smiling and like talking about these good like protect ETSA your teams mentals and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Know, protect your mentals. <laughs> Give don't me a watch week off. No, I'm yeah. kidding.
0: That's the that's our motto. Protect your mentals. Don't watch the Cowboys. No. Um. Anyway, I'm a Titans fan. I shouldn't talk. So, with that being said, uh, we'll talk about probably that game Wednesday during next year, next week's show a little bit more. Um, but with that being said, we have interviewed twelve of the eventual thirteen future FBS program head coaches. Shout out, to Sam Houston State and Coach Casey Keeler, Coach Jimbo Fisher. Please give us a call. Go, Rutgers.